Welcome to the Rural Insights Podcast, where we explore rural actions and policies that impact Michigan's Upper Peninsula and beyond. This podcast is brought to you by the Rural Insights Institute, working to ensure that rural citizens and policymakers alike have the information necessary to make good decisions. If you'd like to learn more about Rural Insights, visit ruralinsights.org. Now, here's your host, David Haynes. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Rural Insights Podcast. And today, uh, I'm delighted to have a friend with me, from friend for many, many years, and a colleague together, and both alumni of Northern Michigan University. Uh, and Steve and I go back to, I won't give you the dates, because it's like the 1800s, but we worked in the Capitol building together, uh, going back into the 70s. So we know each other well. And uh, and Steve is in the board chair right now, and that's normally a difficult job. But during a presidential search, it's a very difficult job uh, because you're, you've got to balance a lot more pieces. So, Steve, welcome. Thank you for doing this. Tell me, tell me uh, where you, where we are with the search and how you're feeling about the search. Sure. Yep. Thank you, David. I you know, I want before I get into that. I just want to thank you for, for having me here. And, you know, it's been, like you said, you and I go way back and, and, and uh, uh, um, we were working in this arena in Lansing for many, many years. And then you went on with different things. And, and uh, uh, I, I just really, and I followed your career, uh, what you've done for Northern, you know, you were president up there for us. Uh, you continue to be, you know, up there on faculty. And I, you know, I want to thank you for that, and and because uh, I do uh, admire your the career you've had, and particularly at Northern, but also before that. I mean, and, you know, the working for governors and and other things. So it's kind of cool to be able to reconnect with you in the, in this capacity. So thanks, That's and uh, hopefully uh, can be not a regular guest, but at least on here, you know, occasionally uh, with you and chat great. about stuff of interest. But um, yeah, That's on the great. search, it, uh, I just you know. We're really excited. Um, this has been a, a quite a process, uh, but a good one, I think. We've we had a presidential search advisory committee that uh, was made up of twenty two members, uh, community activists, uh, faculty, staff, students, uh, some board members were on there, and went through a pretty intense process. As as you know, I don't need to tell you about presidential searches, but um, and we just recently completed, it, and that's why this is kind of timely today, our discussion. Narrowing the field down, we had 11 candidates. We narrowed it down to four. Um, not yet announced, um, but they will be coming to campus hopefully uh, next week, which would be the week of the the uh, 15th. No, no, the week after. So or later this week. I'm sorry. They're actually starting the 15th okay. for some community forum things. And uh, then we'll do a board interviews with them and then make a decision hopefully uh, later this month. I mean, so yeah, the search was in. We did probably eighteen hours of interviews with with these candidates, and uh, I really want to thank our search advisory committee for the work they did on this because you know it's a lot of work and a lot of hours on Zooms. But uh, I think the product is good, and I think we got some good options out there. Well, I think that's exciting. That's great. So people will begin to get a feel for the four finalists, and then the board will make a decision. Uh, at its September meeting or a special on October to pick somebody? Would that be a fair thing? 
Yeah, I think so, David. It, it depends. You know, one of some of us just scheduling at this point with, uh, you know, getting candidates in and working that out. But our ideal situation would be when we're up there for our board meeting uh, around the 20th that that we stay through homecoming and we stay till Monday the 26th. And then we would do our board interviews then after all the community forums are done. And then, of course, uh, hopefully uh, make a final decision that week or early October. Hopefully it'll be that week sometimes. Well, great. That's great. And then the Northern will be ready to uh, uh, move on to this will be what the 15th, 16th, 17th president of uh, Northern Michigan University, uh, I think, because I think I'm the 14th. 16 or 17. Yes. It's uh, and and you were one of them. So you were what the. uh, I think I was 14. 14. Yeah. 14. Um, but, you know, it's been an interesting process, but an important one. Um, and you know this as well as anybody. I mean, this is a, a decision that's going to uh, impact Northern and the community for, for many years to come. And uh, so we're not taking this lightly and we're, you know, being as deliberative as as we can. We, you know, in the interim, we have Dr. Kerry Schuling, who's, who's our president and uh, done a fantastic job. And uh, so we're... Luckily, we don't have that pressure of, well, we got to, you know, hire right. somebody. We're, we've been able to, you know, kind of take our time, but at least not be concerned about that aspect of it while we do focus on this. So kudos to Carrie and her team for stepping up, too. So, yeah, I, you know, I think uh, Carrie and I were students together at Northern. And, Didn't know that. Yeah, we, we went to school together, knew each other very well, and uh, she's an exceptionally talented person. So you're right. I mean, having somebody there with that stability, that intellectual capacity and knowledge of Northern, as well as being in a high-level administrator, it's really is not only good now, but it'll be really helpful for the new president because you can walk into a, a stable or, or stabler situation. And Carrie, you know, um, as you know better than I do, highly respected on campus. So um, let's just talk a little bit about the priorities here. Uh, we're coming up. Uh, uh, this is lots of interesting things going on in higher ed. Uh, uh, the lead, of course, that you read a lot about is is uh, enrollment problems, not just in Michigan, all over the country. Um uh, young people not feeling maybe in their families that it's worth getting a four-year degree. The cost of going is really, when you add it up, there's a lot of money, loans, all of that. So, But there are a lot of other issues I'm sure you and the board are talking about. What are what, what do you think, from your perspective, the board will want to lead, see happen in the next few years at Northern? Yeah, and it's a that's a that's a tough question, but it's an important one and one that, as you know, um, since you've been involved in this aspect of it, uh, it, it it's so critical. But first and foremost, the, the top priority, and we've talked about that, is getting onboarding a new president um, and getting that uh, setting the table, if you will, for uh, that president um, to come in and 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 start from day one. Uh, working on, be, on our behalf, so that that's the top priority. Enrollment and retention are, you know, so critical and, and so difficult right now. Um, uh, you know, you look what's going on with 
universities, not just in Michigan, like you said, but across the country and, you know, smaller high school graduating classes, um, you know, the coming out of COVID where you've got, you know, um, remote learning became, became in vogue more so than, than it was before. And, and uh, just, just everybody competing for a smaller number of students. And that means, you know, the big, the big universities, Michigan, Michigan State, Wayne State, are all kind of dipping down into the pools that they never used to pool uh, dip down into before. So we've got that. That that's an issue. Couple couple other things, David, that that um, are really important. And I know you're aware of this, but we uh, mental health uh, is a huge issue. And and we've enlisted the help of uh, Jim Haveman, who used to be a trustee, and of course was. Uh, DHS director and has a very strong background on this. So we hired him to do a, a mental health services assessment, which we're in the process of releasing. And we have a bunch of recommendations there that that uh, that we're working on to improve those services for students. Because, you know, in my view, um, you know, one student suicide is is too many, and, and and we should never, you know, ever ever have that. Uh, but we do, unfortunately, and. Our job, I think, as trustees, and I know you would agree with this being on, on faculty, is, you know, our parents entrust their kids to us to educate them and provide a safe environment for them and to help them where we can. And, and that's something we need to take very seriously. And that's why we're really focused on this mental health aspect of uh, making sure we're providing um, proper services to students and, uh, and, and make sure they have those readily available Child care is another one that we're looking at. Child care is a huge issue for us. We're, we have a huge emphasis on that right now because it's a recruitment and retention issue. You know, if we've got good faculty, but they can't get child care, we lose them. Same with students and, and staff. Uh, and it's just, you know, I was told, David, that, you know, the wait list up there uh, is up to two and a half years to get child care, the early child care. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's, uh, it's also very expensive. We, we did a study on Rural Insights, but you know you're paying. I think I'm, I'm guess I'm trying to recall, but it's like almost seven hundred dollars a month is the average cost per child. Yes, one child. Per child. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a mortgage payment from for a lot of people. Uh, yeah, and so you know, to us, that's like, it's all part of the recruitment and retention, just like mental health services, I think, because, yeah. you know, if, if we're providing those services, parents feel good about having their child come to Northern. They feel that it's a good decision, a safe decision. Um, and so it's all part of that whole thing, which is so critical to us right now. So we're focused on that. The other priority is, as you know, we've got about a $92 million building, capital building projects uh, underway right now on campus. And some of us already, if you drive around campus, you'll see where that's happening. Uh, making sure we get that, um, get that, keep that on track. And then, and then just finally, um, one of the things I, as, as chair of the board and the board in total is in, in, in very much agreement with this is us doing a better outreach that I think we haven't done a good job of reaching out to key stakeholders in the community. And we're really working hard to try and improve that. Um, for instance, just recently we had, when we were up there in, um, I think it was July for our July meeting, David, we had, uh, we invited the Marquette city commission to join us 
and tell us what they're working on. And we told them what we're working on and uh, had lunch with them. Uh, you know, that kind of outreach that we want to really start focusing on, because I think it's important and we want to do it with faculty, staff, and students, not just, I mean, those are all key stakeholders that I think we need to do a better job and we're trying to do a better job communicating with them. I, you know, Steve, I think it's a great point you made. I mean, I think the board's presence in the community uh, and reach out is a is a really important. Uh, and I know under some presidents in the past and during my time as president, uh, you know, the board tried to hold meals in their board outings in Nagani and Ishpeming or in Escanaba. Uh, it, it really people do want to see you all and talk to you. So I think that's a great uh, that's a great step out. And I think things like the city commission. Uh, we do live in that city. The university yeah. does. And to talk to them is a big deal. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's important. Yeah, we're, we're all in this together. And, and I think and some of the feedback we got, David, you know, you know, obviously we went through a difficult contract negotiation a while back. Uh, we've got it squared around. We got a five year you know, agreements out there. So we got some stability. But, you know, some of the feedback we got, you know, about that dealt with some of that outreach and communication. And, um, you know, through this whole process of interviewing candidates for president, you know, a lot of them talked about trust and the importance of trust in a campus setting and really any setting, but particularly in a campus setting. Um, and I think that, you know, we had some of those issues, some of those trust issues. And I think we have an opportunity to correct that and turn that battleship around and um, I'm committed to it. And I know the board is, you know, we're not going to flip a switch. As you know, you worked in Lansing, you know, right. you know how relationships are and, and, uh, um, but we're going to, we're committed to working on that. So uh, do you think we have a, a hope here of increasing state support for higher ed? We've suffered through some really hard hits over the years and you all have had to balance that uh, and tuition goes up because state aid goes down. Uh, in the late 70s, I think it was, uh, state aid was 75% of the cost of your tuition and the parents, student, 25%, some number like that. It's rather dramatic flip-flop. It's flipped uh, now, and it's 25% somewhere in their state aid. Is there any chance that'll happen, or are things, the economy, just too tenuous that that won't be for a while? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's a it's a a steep hill to climb. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be trying to climb it, and we are, and we will, and we've talked to that about with with candidates that that you know may end up here on a campus. The importance of you know going in and fighting for those dollars. Um, and I I think that unfortunately, and and you know this because you you were in this world for many many years. It's right now. Um, I think there's an anti-higher ed bias in the in the legislature, and I'm generalizing. I'm not, and I'm can get in trouble for generalizing. I'm thinking overall, uh, it's more emphasis on K-12. In the thought being, well, they can raise tuition, and you know, if we reduce state dollars, they can raise tuition to make up those dollars. And uh, you know, that's true, but it's not a good way to run a battleship either. So I, I think we need to to look at that. The other thing, the other part of that too is is uh, being more aggressive in in, in uh, trying to find dollars outside of that process through donors and, and you know that kind of thing to uh, 
to try and, and, and be more aggressive in that area, which is something we need to do as well. You know, unfortunately, being a university president, and don't need to tell you this, you know, that's that's a big part of the job, probably even more so now than it was, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, I think as I told you, we wouldn't keep go longer than 15 minutes or so. I uh, I think everyone uh, is, uh, is uh, the other big challenge ahead of the university is, and I had to do it, is hire a new AD. Forrest Carr, mm-hmm. who I hired, is leaving. And and now you've got a really well-known uh, interim, Rick Comley, who led our hockey team to a national championship and uh, is well-known on campus. But the new president will have a lot of those challenges and staffing needs. Uh, uh, but I think everyone the last uh, – and your last comments about higher ed and cost. I mean, families, uh, the challenge is, is, is severe for working families uh, to put their kids through school. I mean, through the university. It's just, it's just obvious, but it's also something, like we said, when you add that into families with child care and others, these are all big challenges uh, before. So the other question in closing is, uh, will the Lions go to the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, you know, I think the last time they, they won a national championship, I was born. So that was, people could tell by looking at me, that was a long time ago. So uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to go there, David. Uh, yeah. We can always hope, though, right? We can always hope. We can hope that they and the pack have a, if for all the UP, for folks that don't watch this, the UP is sort of split in between the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. And uh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, one interesting story about that. Let it go is the people often ask why, and I ask, why is the northern colors, the green and gold, the same as the Packers? And a zillion years ago, I think, I, I don't remember, like, I think in the 50s or before, they actually uh, wanted new uniforms, and the Green Bay Packers donated uniforms, old uniforms. Oh, yeah. That's how wow. the that's now that's according to people in the athletic department. So that's what they told me. But it's a great story, even if it isn't true. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna run with it. I like it. That's good. I know, I know most people in the UP they don't care about the Lions, and I get they like the Packers, but those of us that are trolls from downstate, it's uh, it's, it's an annual thing. But uh who knows? I mean, we can always hope. Hope springs eternal. So well, Steve, thank you. I'm I'm heading down to Lansing. Um uh uh, this week, and uh, maybe I'll see you around town. But I'd love to do this again in a few weeks after the search and l- later November or so. You and I'll get back on and talk about some more about higher ed and northern. How's that? Anytime, just shoot me a note and uh, we'll, we'll get something on the books, David. Thank you very much for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. You've been listening to the Rural Insights Podcast. Brought to you by the Rural Insights Institute, working to ensure that rural citizens and policymakers alike have the information necessary to make good decisions. If you enjoy our content, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. You can also subscribe to our weekly email newsletter by visiting ruralinsights.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.